0: This is the Pave it Black podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Pave it Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brad Williams. And the NFL has the Lombardi Trophy. The NHL has the Stanley Cup and NAPA has the Sheldon G. Hayes Award. The Sheldon G. Hayes Award is named after the founder of NAPA and the association's first chairman, and it recognizes the country's highest quality highway pavements. The winners and finalists are determined through a two-year evaluation process in which all highway pavements projects using more than 50,000 tons of asphalt are eligible. Initially, The project must win a quality construction award. And the year after winning the award, the top ranked projects are tested for smoothness and then visually inspected by an independent pavement consultant to determine the top pavement. So today, I'd like to learn a little bit from
2: one of the companies that won the award about some of the efforts and practices they use to really achieve this highest level of quality
1: on their work. So to help us learn a little bit more about that, we've invited four people to join the podcast today from Kiwit Infrastructure South Company. Welcome to the podcast, and why don't we start with introductions with Scott?
3: And My name is Scott Rowe. I'm uh, the project sponsor. I've been with Kiwit about 33 years, around 35 years in the asphalt business, and very honored to be here today. My name is uh, Derek Huber. I'm our project
0: superintendent. I've been with Kewit for about 15 years, 10 of which were in Asphalt.
3: My name is Ryan Booth. I'm also a job sponsor, and I've been with Kewit for about 17 years. I'm Mike Terry.
0: I've been with the company almost 11 years. I've been in Asphalt
2: for about eight of them. Well, thank you for being here. I guess one of the first questions I was kind of hoping to learn a little more about the project and just maybe some details about US-287 and the project that you guys completed in Armstrong County that actually won the Sheldon G. Hayes award and just see if maybe you could kind of tell us about the work or about the project a little bit. So Armstrong County and Goodnight Texas specifically is
0: about 40 miles outside of Amarillo, Texas. It's a major corridor from Amarillo down to Dallas. Our project specifically covered about 10 and a half miles of that four lane divided highway. Goodnight, specifically, I don't want to get too far off track here, but it was named after Charles Goodnight, and there's only really two things there. They've got a Goodnight Historical Museum, and you've got a little Buffalo store that's kind of random that just sells Buffalo products and free hot dogs on Wednesdays. So it was about 60,000 tons of asphalt overall, two-inch overlay was the majority of those, Pretty straightforward overlay project, not a lot of, I guess, surprises or anything uh, off the wall. So, Mike, I don't know, do you have anything else to add there? Yeah, I I would would say that our client for this project was the Texas Department of Transportation. Very standard bid-build process. This job was bid in December of 2019, awarded shortly after that. On December 12th, 2019. And the majority of this work took place from August of 2020, the following year. And we finished on December of 2020. So, short duration job for us, successful job, obviously. That's why we're here. Again, four lane divided highway on US 287 in
3: Armstrong County 42.4 lane miles, I think.
1: Was there anything kind of different about this project compared to? your typical work or were there any challenges that y'all faced as you were trying to build this?
3: I would say that a little bit of the challenge for us was it was getting late in the season. We'd already completed, I think two or three projects that summer and up near Amarillo, it gets pretty cold about the middle of oh, October and there's a cutoff. I believe it's October 31st. So this was the last job that we paid that season and we had to move in a mobile asphalt plant from about 60 miles away. So we were a little bit under the gun on getting this done in time.
2: So that was really the, probably the biggest challenge for us. Do you think there were any things about the project that maybe helped achieve the level of quality that, that you did? I mean, whether it's the condition of the pavement or the type of work or something about the pavement or the project that really helped achieve the quality level that you did on this project? I think one of the big things that
0: helped on this one, like Scott was saying, it was the last project in a string of them that year, going into winter. I think everybody realized that we did have a short window to get this one completed. And we had a team that was really close-knit, that knew their roles within our overall group. I think equipment downtime was essentially zero on the project. Startups, shutdowns continuous paving operations, having gone through all those other projects and then having some strong goals on this one. And then in culmination with our equipment running consistently, we weren't stopping and starting throughout the day. We had good long pulls. I just think that all of that kind of combined together to achieve the quality results that we did
3: on the project would be my opinion there. Another thing about that project This team has worked together for quite a while, and it was one of the, I think it was the last project we did that season. But we've got great communication between our QC folks, our paving folks, our plant personnel, down to truck drivers. Everybody's involved in the communication, and we get test results real time. So it's a pretty tight-knit bunch, like Derek said, and and everybody's taking care of their business. Go ahead, Ryan. Another thing about Being this late in the season up in the panhandle, aggregates get kind of hard to get. They're they're short supply. So this project and even the project prior, we actually brought in aggregates from Oklahoma to be able to save these jobs in this season.
1: I'd like to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the communications piece that you were talking about. Are there any kind of technologies or tools that y'all use to help aid in that communication or to make it more streamlined where... You can ensure the different parts of the operation are all understanding what's going on. I
3: don't know when we started it. It's probably been eight, 10 years ago, but we just have a simple group text, and all the people are involved in that group text, and we get our lab results, uh, like I say, real time. We get our roadway density results as soon as the results are available. Well, if we do any profiling, We communicate those results through the uh, group text and we have multiple paving projects going on and I get group texts, all of our test results all day long, five, six days a week. And uh, it's been a great communication tool. It's really that simple.
2: Kind of of along that vein, I'm curious if there may be some other efforts that you attribute to being able to achieve on this level. And I know you kind of talked about some of the practices But I'm kind of curious if maybe there's some training or different things that you think really helps the company achieve at this level. And then I guess to follow on to that, I'd also be interested in maybe the process of identifying projects to submit to the awards program or kind of when you identify that this project really was something that needed to be submitted for an award.
0: One other thing that we've done over time that I think really creates a lot of buy-in across our projects, because really our project teams aren't huge. I think on this one in particular, between management and our craft, I think we were at 21 people overall, maintenance included in that. As you achieve good quality results, TechDOT has a program that incentivizes those through bonus. And then we also look at how many lane miles, ride quality, roadway, lab, and take a percentage of that And we'll set a goal at the beginning of the project, we achieve the goal, then we pay back a portion of that bonus to each member of the project team. It's really helped over time. I think the guys get interested in it and you wouldn't think that maybe a guy running a roller is going to ask a lot about how density is going all the time. But we do get those questions quite often and it involves them in the whole process and it really helps everything roll smoother. That's one additional thing that we do. And I don't know if there's other companies out there that do it that way, but it does seem to help foster a, a real team when we're on these smaller jobs.
3: I would agree with that. We started that shared incentive bonus program probably 10 or 15 years ago. And we set some pretty lofty goals. We expect at least 85 to 90% of the ride bonus on every job. and that's not easy to achieve, but if we get something less than that, there is no bonus and, and all the guys know that and everybody works together to achieve that bonus and it's substantial and it's worked well for us over the years.
2: I'm kind of curious on the setting of the goal, is that something that's like pretty common goals across all the projects or are they specific to different projects where you have goals that kind of fit that project? They're very
3: similar. A lot of our work is DOT
2: work for, for
3: Dot and the bonus program on the ride quality is the same for every project and nearly the same. So that one's pretty consistent, but it depends on the type of mix. If we're making a super modified type of hot mix or rubberized or something like that, the bonus penalty is a little different program. So we address them by the project. We'll set goals that are achievable. They're lofty, but they're achievable.
2: And then the second part of my question was when the company or how the company identifies when a project kind of is on the level of submitting for an award. Like when did you realize that this project was something that needed to be submitted and recognized for the level of effort and quality that was achieved on this project?
3: Well, this particular project was recognized by Tex-Apa, the Texas Asphalt Pavement Association as a statewide quality award winner and uh, then there, it went through some criteria where uh, i believe it was TechSapa with in combination with texnot nominated this project for a national paving award i believe that's how the process worked we were nominated on another project a few years back and it was quite an honor just to be nominated we did not win the award that year but We've had a couple of projects nominated in the last five years. We're pretty proud of that.
1: So kind of going along that, what does it mean to a company like yours to be recognized as sometimes a finalist, but the premier paving project for a year in the country?
3: It's a huge honor. I've been in this business for a long, long time. I didn't really even know what to say when I found out we won this award. and. I'm very proud of the guys. I know that everybody worked hard to win this, and it's just almost unbelievable. We're very honored. It means so much to me personally, and I know it means a lot to Kiwit to be recognized for high-quality work. We put huge focus on safety and quality,
2: and when you're recognized like this, it's a huge honor to our company. Well, I really appreciate your guys' time and sharing about the project and about some of the practices your company has in place. And so just thank you for being on the podcast with us today and really appreciate it. So I think my takeaway from today's conversation was them sharing some of the information about setting up goals on projects and how they use those goals to actually reward employees for achieving those goals and how that pairs with the agency's systems for incentivizing reaching certain quality levels. So working with an agency that has a system for incentivizing a certain ride quality or those types of things, and then using that to actually create a program to incentivize and get buy-in from employees. I thought that was a really interesting perspective, and I really appreciated that they shared that program with us today.
1: The thing that sticks to me is that the way that communication and quality are interlinked. And making sure that people in real time know what's going on. And if a problem arises that everyone's understanding right now at that point, how it impacts them. And that a lot of times we think there are a lot of tools out there that people can use to improve communication. Those tools are great. But sometimes the simple things work too. Companies need to figure out what works for them, what fits their system, what works with their employees and leverage those tools to aid in the communication process because I really think it has a high impact on quality pavement.
2: Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Coleg. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.